0: And, and, and all the police I talk, talk to, they, was, they say, look, when we're called, it's sort of like at the end of the journey. You know, all the problems that right. happened beforehand and now, and then we've got to turn up and, and stop the violence and arrest someone and, and, and drag them off the jail or something like that. We've got to stop pantering to violent criminals. Those elders could not understand that concept. They said, what, we'd lose our jobs and we're sitting around doing nothing and you will give us money. And they said, yeah, and they said, so you'll give us sit down money. This bloke argued with me once uh, about, you know, Warren, you know, you're oppressed. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, what are you talking about?
1: So, mm. let's then talk about, mm. I guess, Aboriginal culture mm. as different from British culture. Yeah. Um, is there the capacity in Aboriginal culture to recognise and address those wrongs that exist there?
0: There is, and, it, and it, 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 there is. But the problem we're having at the moment, and this is this goes back to the, around the nineteen late sixties, nineteen seventies, when we started to get. Access to welfare, and are and in in the Aboriginal community. And I know it's a lot of people in the wider Australian community know about sit down money, and that was a term that was created by the elders. Because you know I was born in one thousand, nine hundred and fifty six, so I grew up with these people who were hard workers. They were drivers, they were cattlemen, they were shearers and roustabouts, and and they used to go out and cotton chipping and in and, and, and uh, get asparagus and really hot hard work out there. But they all worked. So I grew up around people who worked. And sure, they, were, they didn't get good, uh, enough money, they were treated badly in some cases, but they worked. And, and uh, that told us a message as kids that we should be going to school because we, we want, want they wanted us to have a better life than they had, just like every parent does. You know, you want your kids to get educated, you want them to be safe, you want them to have a better life than you have or of good life, you know, make their, they make their independent decisions about their good life. And that's what we all wanted. And then the welfare system kicked in and they, uh, people come to them and said, OK, you've, uh, you've lost your job, we will pay you, we'll give you money. And they could not, those elders could not understand that concept. They said, what, we lose our jobs and we've got no, we're sitting around doing nothing and you will give us money. And they said, yeah, and they said, so you'll give us sit down money, you know? And it was a really hard concept to understand. But since I was about mid seventies onward, this is when you start seeing the problems coming into these Aboriginal communities and that. And I said, when people say, oh, you know, you're picking them, I said, no, I'm not picking them. All I wanna do is make every place in Australia a safe place for people to live. Mm. And it's not safe for those people. I cannot sit where I live, which is the safe area, and knowing that there's other people in other parts of Australia who are putting up with this incredible violent crime and, and that what's what's going on in those communities so that, and I say to people when you go to some of these communities they they, they have they, it's not for the aesthetics that they have you know barbed wire around their houses and it's not for the aesthetics that when you go to, to the accommodation areas they actually lock you in for the night. It's there to protect you. And I said, so, so let's stop Where's this. Where's that? Not, oh, there was an Arrokoon and just a number of other communities that have been Remote there.
1: communities.
0: Yeah, remote communities. And so I sit there and I said, so we, we've got to confront these issues and, and really work on them and make it safe for the people who live there. And of course, if you really talk about economic development of these communities, you can't. Well, no one's going to invest in them no one's going to build a business there if they know their shops are going to be robbed their businesses are going to be you know, attacked uh you know so it's it they're going to have stuff stolen from them mm-hmm. so it's so they're not going to invest so of course you're not going to get any economic in- development going on and so you know so we've got to confront these and talk about it. i just find it ama- amazing that the mainstream media the, except for a couple of uh media outlets don't even talk about this stuff. Do not want to uh, know about this violence.
1: Was there much discussion? As much as the the conversation uh, about the constable who uh, was charged and acquitted with murder in the Northern Territory, that was that was examined and and uh, the, the post mortem was done on it. There was yeah. you know massive scrutiny over hmm. the what he did and and how the the justice yeah. system. Operated there, was there as much scrutiny or examination of what led the young man who was murdered to that point and the, and that result in his life? Well,
0: there there are there are people. There's sort of a little divide. There's in in the community there. There's a lot of emotion about what happened, and that's where you saw some people come out and said we should take guns off the police. If coming in the Aboriginal communities. Well, that's just. For me that's ludicrous and even Jacinta Price whose family comes from that community, she's Wolperi people, said that was ludicrous and we've got to really focus on the, the real
1: issues of those communities and there's a lot of Aboriginals who are trying to do that. It, it actually disappoints me, that's probably an understatement, that somebody would say we need to disarm the police because it seems like they're looking in the wrong way place for the problem. Yeah, it's right. That, that, that's right. That, that's an that, end result. You
0: know, like I've had many police, I've spoken to many police over the years. I did the review of adult prisons in Western Australia, which wasn't about particularly Aboriginal but they're in the system. But so I was looking at the whole system as a whole. So I went around the country talking to different ju- jurisdictions and, that, and, and, and all the police I talked talk to, they was, they say, look, when we're called, it's sort of like at the end of the journey. You know, all the problems all right. that happened beforehand and now, and then we've got to turn up and, and stop the violence and arrest someone and, and, and drag them off the jail or something like that. We've got to, they, they they tell me, we've got to deal with the issues before that, before we get to this area. Mm. And and we know through, uh, you know, Western society, Western democratic liberal societies, that, that We've been able to deal with uh, levels of crime and bring them down to a very low level, in that because the because of the way we, we deal with things. So we we invest uh, we we we, do, we have uh, look at crime. We deal with those criminal issues, and that we uh, we. Uh, in, uh, get people in education and jobs. Education and jobs are the two big winners. We've learnt that from when they brought the poverty laws in, in, in England in, in the 1800s. You know, they were, you know, people were going to jail for menial problems, you know, theft mm. and stuff like that. Well, they, when they brought those laws in and started working with them, the, the, the crime rate just dropped, incredibly dropped down. And so it's about... How do we uh, st- bring, you know, get people to come into those, integrate them into the e- the economy, and get, and, and and of course the two big key areas, of course, has always been, uh, number one is education. So and at the same time you've got to get jobs for their parents, so the kids can see the logical move. And also we've got to stop um, pantering to people uh, to to violent criminals. You know, now look, I, I know in Mr. Walker's case, <clears> there's <throat> a lot of other people like that. It was you know it's a really tragic sad um, life that he lived but at the end of the day we've got to deal with that and we've got to deal with it in a proactive way so we stop stop this violence from happening in the first place so we've got to deal with this violence we uh, you know you know I know mr. Walker had a very sad life and tragic life but we, we've got to deal with it and we've got to, we've got to reduce crime within these communities you know like uh, uh, the saddest thing I heard was his girlfriend, who he was very violent with. Uh, that's what all the reports are, the re- police reports are saying. And he used to beat her and do dreadful things to her and, and that. Uh, and, and her comment was back, oh, you know, I uh, I kept them getting in his way. You know, I kept them making him angry. And that's it doesn't matter whether you're black, white or brindle again, Aboriginal or not. Uh, it's a common theme across domestic violence areas. And so we've got a, you know, no, it's not your fault. No one has the right to treat you like dirt and beat you as you were beating. 100%. So so, look, so my thing is, we've got, let's focus on that. Instead of wasting all the energy over here about talking about taking guns off police and so on, yes, we can work with police and, and, and ensure that one, that they're safe when they're doing their job, and two, that their job there is to make the community safe, so support them and help them in that process. And, uh, and 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 we got to uh, start working on uh, the, the, our drug and alcohol issues within these communities, and start work and working on get, uh, making sure the kids are getting to sa- school and that they're safe, making sure the uh, the parents are getting into jobs and 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 doing that.
1: Yep. Hmm. What do you think conservatism offers Australia generally, but? Um, indigenous Australians specifically.
0: A lot of our Indigenous people, uh, and, and you wouldn't know about it if you looked at the mainstream media in the major cities. A lot of them are conservative people. Uh, you look at our family structures and that, because if you uh, within Aboriginal traditional society, uh, the family structure is the whole thing that holds the society together, and and, and it and it's a way of uh, ensuring that people are safe, ensuring that communities are strong and moving ahead. Now. People can talk about the uh, the destructive behavior, uh, destructive thing of colonisation, and that would happen. But we've got to deal with the reality of things today. And and so you know, and so, like, I know people talk about in, uh, institutional racism and that. And I, I and I, like I said earlier, uh, we have institutions that can correct problems, and we had problems you know, like voting rights for Aboriginals before, we had p- problems in regard to uh, uh, shifting Aboriginals to reserves and stuff like that, but the institu- we were able to use those institutions to fix that hmm. and make sure that we don't do that anymore. Since 1969 there's no laws in Australia that are prejudicial against Aboriginal people. There's no laws in Australia that's prejudicial against any person uh, because of their colour. Uh, So we, you know, so that's a massive change, and it happened over a very short period of time, you know, within that sixties, early seventies, or late late fifties, early seventies period, and and you know, and and Aboriginals are now we've got, you know, when I was a kid, you didn't know what a university was, but now we've got more Aboriginals at university now, Uh, we've got more Aboriginal graduates, we've got doctors, we've got. Mm-hmm. Lawyers, we've got uh, engineers, we've got a whole wide range of people out there, but 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 we are we, we are leaving the, the uh, groups of the indigenous communities really splitting in two. You've got the people who are moving ahead and being successful, and you've still got some of these communities, uh, which is getting worse. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, the, the crime rates getting worse, uh, the, the the living standards are just don't exist, really, and they're just dreadful places. So we've got to say, OK, how can we bring our fellow um, uh, citizens with us on, as we're moving people along? And that's the conversation we're to have. And stop talking about all this other nonsense. Stop talking about this institutional racism. You know, I, you know As I said, I was born in 1956. When I was a kid, racism was very much in our face. and I haven't seen that for 40 years. And yet, you, you, the way you, you read the media, the way you read uh, people's comments and that what out. What kind of
1: stuff did you see as a child growing up that oh, you haven't seen for forty years? Well, th- this
0: idea that uh, uh, that well, one of the things we had was that it, and it's funny. Um, uh, state schools, for instance, it was ver- uh, to get Aboriginals into a state school was very difficult. That's why you see in New South Wales, for instance, a lot of Aboriginals in the fifties and sixties went to Catholic schools oh. and Christian schools because they're the only ones who said, "Yeah, we'll take you in." Wow. And they had the independence to do that. Uh, so, so those type of things you don't see anymore. In fact, people are bending over over backwards to get Aboriginals to school. They 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 they've got scholarships in that now that help people to get to school and get to universities. So, so where's the institutional racism there? Uh, you see big corporations who are bending over backwards to try and help Aboriginals get into, into jobs there. Yeah. So, where's the interge- institutional racism there? I, I just find this stuff nonsense. And also, this critical race theory, you know, which has got to be one of the most racist theories I've ever heard, uh, in that you know, just because of the colour of your skin, you're either an oppressor, uh, an oppressor or you are oppressed. Right. Now I even had people say to me, you know, I live a, a, a pretty good life. No matter whether a white, green, pink, or purple, I live a pretty good life. Uh, you know, I live on the lower North Shore, and I've got a nice house there and a family and, 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 and community there. And, uh, and they, they, this bloke argued with me once uh, about, you know, Warren, you know, you're oppressed, and I'm, I'm sitting there going... What are you talking about? You know, you know, you know, I've I got a nice house, got a nice family, I've got a job, I do this, and, and my kids have been educated and, and the older kids are working, the younger kids are just finishing school and, that, and we're safe uh, and, and, and so what are you talking about? I'm oppressed. And he said one day you'll look in the mirror and you'll re- realise because of the colour of your skin, you are oppressed. Uh, uh, so where's this nonsense come from? Yeah. yeah, or if you're a white person, you look in the mirror, you you re- realise that you, because you're white, you're a racist and you hate people and you oppress people. What a load of nonsense! It's just nonsense. I, I just, I just you know can't what? believe this stuff.
1: <laughs> there might be a grain of truth in it. Yeah. Well, there, well, think there is, but
0: it, you have um, in, in in every look, every country in the world. Every society in the world has races in it. But they're such a
1: minority, it is not funny. And and, and I that, guess what I'm saying yeah, yeah. is that mm. even if there was an element of truth to that mm. and and you had developed some kind of callous or mm. or insensitivity to the unconscious bias or yeah. or the the opportunities missed um, or Or the oversights, if, if the various ways he suspected, because of the color of your skin, mm. you were probably experiencing racism but not aware of it, mm. I think there's something powerful there, mm. and that is that you are happy with your life, content and joyful and and because of that, I mean to to point out to have to point out your unhappiness, I think is what the the blacktivists the grievance industry yeah. mm-hmm. actually do all the time is they point out to people who are not unhappy that they are unhappy and then they make those people unhappiness unhappy and essentially steal all of their happiness when when what they had previously was better than than a, a microscopic detailed look at at the the pain in their life, because there's, you know, pain and suffering in, in everybody's, everybody's life. Everybody's life, yeah. But to true. be able to mm-hmm. get on with it and and be content, I mean, I, I think I think it's tragic to steal that joy and contentment from people
0: and blow things out of proportion. Some things would be it very is disproportionate. Yeah, it, 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 it's the simplest. like I, I had an uh, Aboriginal person put on I saw on Twitter, said, "Oh, I got on a bus and sat down, and no one sat next to me," and. Is looking for unhappiness. He's looking for that's what, and that's what it's become now. They're looking for unhappiness. They're looking for for something. Me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even notice it for that a start. That would be
1: my wife's perfect day to have yeah, a seat yeah. to herself on the bus. Same <laughs> as me. I'd sit there. I'd lay out, and I'd be like, you, know,
0: "You can't smoke, so I wouldn't get a cigar out." But it'd be, it'd be, you know, and I just find that bizarre. You know, and it's, it's like uh, I saw today. Uh, well, it was on the radio where uh, Lydia Ford was, uh, you know, the senator from Victoria was complaining that she was uh, uh, in, she was using the case of institutional racism because she had to go through the security at the airport. Bloody everyone has to go for security because of the, that's the world we live in now because of terrorism and that. So we all go, we all do it. We take our belt off. We put our bags through the scanner. It made her
1: day when they picked her out <laughs> yeah. randomly. Yeah. Made her day. She's like, awesome. Now I've got something to make a headline out Co-complete,
0: of. <laughs> completely the whinge about. It. And I just, I am sitting there going, what? Yeah, look, that's, okay. and that's the problem. We're, we're now looking for it. I didn't have to look for it. I when I wonder if he asked for his supervisor. It was in our face. It was yeah. in our face. Uh, yeah. We don't have to look for that anymore. It's 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 done. It's dusted. You know, you know. I just find it bizarre that we've got all these. In fact, you look at all these different laws, and that we now and in, in corporations and businesses that want to help people, and they, and they and they see racism in this. And I, I said, "This is totally bizarre to me." Mm. It My is. father would be turned over in his grave. He, he faced real racism because he was born in 1916 and, and, and grew up in that era. And they, they, were, uh, and they were tough times. But he, 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 him, him, and his family and his siblings, they, they, they took it on, and, and they were successful. And, and where the result of that success that they, they, they by them taking on those challenges, and then I get back to the institutions again. They were able to do that because the institutions were there to help them, and that's what we. And, and that's why uh, when people say we've got to pull down all these racist institutions, and I said, "These are the things that gave us our equality. This has given us our uh, chance for education and jobs, and and and, uh, and political political, uh, mm. being able to to vote and being able to uh, you know pick and choose our governments and be part of that, and getting elected to parliament and stuff." And, uh, and I just find it really bizarre that, um, uh, that, uh, that they're saying, oh, these are racist institutions. In you know, the fact, that they're the institutions that, that overcome some of the bad stuff of the past. And, and of course, you know, this will always be a thing. We'll always, uh, you know, the, when we find some of the laws are a bit you know, not right, we still have the institutions like in, in the, the Westminster Parliament system we have where people can prosecute their case about changing those laws, mm. and, and and it's there. So we have this amazing, amazing uh, uh, system.
1: Now, you and I both agree mm. Mm. that conservatism and maybe an in indigenous culture returning to conservatism, mm. um, but certainly conservative philosophies will help improve the situation and the suffering of of those people in Australia, particularly indigenous Australians, who have a gap in outcomes that, yep. that don't have the best thing, um, but you've not you're not new to politics at all. You've been mm. in you've been the mayor of the city of Dubbo, mm. um, and you've been the national president of the Labor Party yeah. in in years gone by. Are you new to conservatism, or was there conservatism in you in those days which attracted you to the Labor Party?
0: Well, the interesting thing is, and I use. Um, Ronald Reagan's line, because he was a Democrat and he was a very senior Democrat up until the 1960s when he uh, crossed over to the Republican Party and got elected Governor of uh, California, and then he went on, of course, to being one of the greatest Presidents of the United States. In mm-hmm. fact, he was the man who brought down the Soviet Union, really. Uh, so, I use his line, which is, uh, you know, I, I didn't change that much. I did change. Anyone who says they never changed over a lifetime is, uh, is I'm not telling you the truth. Mm. You, you, you learn new ideas, you learn new things, and so you do change. But the bulk and the basis of who I am hasn't really changed. Uh, uh, it's, it's the Labor Party has moved so far to the left. Like, I, I look at Anthony Albanese, and and if you had asked me five years ago that he could be Prime Minister of Australia, I would have laughed at you, because this this bloke is so far left wing, he goes around in circles. (laughs) Uh, It's just, uh, and that's what the problem was. Uh, That's why I left the Labor Party in the end, yeah. When was that? That was in 2012.
1: Okay, Um, so 10 years ago? uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. What are some of the things that you would say are conservative values today that you held twenty years ago, as a member of the Labor Party, and and were then Labor values that are not Labor values today?
0: Well, I, I think the the strength of the family. Uh, I think the laws and the rhetoric around the, the Labor Party today is not very fan, family friendly. You know, the nuclear family. Uh, I, I, you know, that's that's something you know that. I use as my base for my uh, for, for my thinking and my morals and that having a mum and dad and having grandparents and aunties and uncles who had and having that family unit that really worked for us. And now you 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 know that's now massively under attack. Uh, you, see, uh, you, you see you you see the the work ethic. Um, you know, just, all they want to do is just toss money at things. You know, I was taught that you've got to be frugal. you got to, you know, the dollar, you got, you know, for every dollar you earn, you've got to, you know, use it and save it in that. And that's what I used to do. I used to, when I got my first job, I used to, I was an apprentice, fitter and turner, I got $30 a week. And so I gave 10, this is the word that kids today haven't heard of. I had to pay rent to my parents. I <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't think I know anyone who pays rent to their parents anymore. My kids do. Oh, good on you. That's 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 well, that's what you got to do because that teaches you skills. Uh, and so I paid ten dollars of that to my parents for, for rent. I put ten dollars in the bank for savings, and the other ten dollars I lived on for the week. And and that taught me a lot of things about you know saving, and and so. You, uh, my parents were like that old generation uh, you know and this is black or white this is the other thing people tried to divide us all the time didn't really be black or white those of that generation went for the uh, went for the great depression and the second world war and that and they uh, they didn't go out and, and and have credit cards and and lived off uh, lived off uh, uh, loans and all that yes they did get a housing loan and had a mortgage but they didn't go they didn't wait uh, they didn't um just go in and and, and buy goods and on on, on, on you know in, uh, getting loans and that to do that they said no we'll say we're going to buy a bed we'll save up till we've got the x amount of dollars that a bed cost and we'll buy it yeah <laughs> and stuff like that uh we're going to buy a car we'll we'll save up the x amount of dollars to buy that car and that was that generation of those people right? and and it wasn't it, had, it wasn't particularly Aboriginal it was you know, or particularly white It was that whole generation of, of people like that across the globe in, the, in Western de, uh, liberal democracies did that thing you've seen it in the United States you've seen it in Britain you've seen it in Europe you see it in, 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 uh, in countries around the world New Zealand and so on and and that's what they were they were, they were so, so that's changed and and the, and, and no one waited for, the other thing was no one waited for the government to do things you did things yourself. Yeah you got to, people pulled together and, and, and uh, if someone got in trouble within their community and you know, uh, lost a job or anything, people just go and help them. I, I remember people go down there and... and we and, need
1: to get back to that. And,
0: and now, and I just found it really strange with the floods that people were... Claim, cl- uh, some people, not all people, there were a lot of people who went out there and volunteered and worked really hard, but there was, you know, but in the media, I think... It, it was the majority, in actual fact, not a small minority. Who are whinging that the government should have should have been in there and, and right. fixed this? Since when have we turned to the government yep. for everything we have to have in our life? what's yep. the government supposed to be babysitting us now? You know, I've never seen any government bring up children as as good as parents do. I've never seen any government 100%, uh,
1: right.
0: do uh, you know do things uh, that which uh, you know that people can do themselves. You know, Let's do now I always tell kids. When I do talks to schools, I say a uh, couple of things in life you should always do. One is, of course, finishing your education. The other ones are uh, 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 build up networks and meet people and meet people. Because one thing, meeting people, you learn so much about mm. life and that. And even if they throw in a punch at you. Well, you learnt to duck, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. so, so you learn, you learn, and, and I just love listening to people and 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 that because you, you get a, you learn that first of all, yes, we're, some people we're culturally different in, in different ways and things, but that's only that. The rest of it here, they love their children, they love their families, they like to work, they do. So all that mm. we're the same. You know, you, you look at Indians. You look at uh, you know people who come here from Africa and other people who work here and other countries. And and that's what they do. And and I always say, if we're such a bad country, why are people jumping in a boat, risking their lives, to come here? I don't see any boats. People jumping in boats and leaving the place, mm. <laughs> yeah. risking their lives to go to these other so-called socialist, incredible countries. Yeah. It's. Uh, I just find it. It's one way traffic. Yeah, it's one way traffic. And look at America. You know, and look at Britain. And look at in Australia. The world's Canada people have voted yeah. with their feet. <laughs> voted with their feet, because there are. We do have these freedoms, and, mm. but but I'm, but recently, in the last few years, I'm reminded uh, by Margaret Thatcher's words, which was you know about war. It wasn't about war, but she used the thing: you don't win wars you win battles. So we won the battles of of liberty, we won the battles of uh, free speech, we won the battles of uh, a free economy. But then she said, and in the morning, you get up and you've got to fight the same battle again. Mm. Because even though you win those battles, you can't sit back because they're constantly under siege. And we've seen that
1: recently we we really have
0: so we've got to we've got to get up and fight keep on fighting those battles for our freedoms that as as the as the the Constitution of the United States uh, talks about you know the inalienable you know children of God um, you've got the you've got these inherent (laughs) rights.